Welcome to the Wildcast, back again. Now, I understand what is going on. You can barely even upload on Fridays. Now you're uploading randomly on this today? Well, I had a idea when I was driving, right? I was thinking, like, I... I love I love my podcast, right? I love talking about basketball, and I love talking about the NBA, and I love everything about it. But one thing I don't get to do as much as I want to is talk about my favorite team, right? So my idea was we're going to keep the Wildcast going. Every single Friday, we're still going to have another Wildcast episode, but we're not going to have a schedule for this other... I'm, 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 basically, I'm going to start a new series, right? So... We're basically we're not gonna have an, a set schedule for this. I'm just gonna randomly, when the Lakers have news, I'm just gonna talk about it. Right? It's it's not gonna have a set schedule. When I feel like the Lakers do something that is talk that is worthy of talking about, I'm I'm just gonna hop up hop in here and I'm just gonna upload it. Right? So that's what we're doing today. We're gonna give it a trial run. We're gonna see how it goes, and now this is gonna be. What I want to call WCLS, Wildcast Lakers. Um, so, yeah, we're going to give it a shot. Um, and we're going to talk about the Lakers offseason. We're going to talk about Media Day. And we're going to talk about what I see them doing um, next season, right? Um, right after this, I'm going to record the Power Forwards ranking. And, of course, Anthony Davis' name is going to come up there. And so I just thought about it, and we're going to talk about it, obviously. We go to last season. They made the conference finals after being in the play-in. One of of two teams to do it that season, actually, surprising enough. Lost to the Denver Nuggets in five games. And it was really, it was a successful season when you look at it from where we started to where we ended. Right at the beginning of the season, it was Russell Westbrook's back. What are we going to do with him? Are we going in a direction at all? Are we just going to keep kind of making the playoffs and kind of squeaking with the success? And I think they realize that we have very few limited years left of LeBron James. This man wants to compete for a championship every single year that he has left of his career. Anthony Davis is at when he's healthy, he's at the top of his game. Right there was that like month of the season last year where Anthony Davis was top of his game. Right, it was a really great. Uh, I think it was a really good season for where the expectations were at. Right. And mostly was because of the trade that was made in February for my favorite player in the NBA, D'Angelo Russell, and a bunch of other pieces, right? A bunch of other important pieces that added to this team and made them what they were the second half of the season, right? So what they did this offseason, I think the goal was to really just take this team. We're gonna tr- we haven't had stability for a couple years now, right? The team's been in and out. It's been question marks all over the place. And, of course, Darvin Ham even said in media day, um, there's a lot less. I, I'm going to pull up the exact quote here because it's it's actually a really important quote because it, he's, he really said it perfectly, I think. The, he was asked about the difference between this media day and last year, and Darvin Ham responded with a lot less unknowns. Last year was a lot of heavy lifting, to put it mildly. Mildly, sorry. Um, so, yeah, this year it's – they're going in with a plan, right? They're going in with a goal, and they're going in with a whole lot less of questions, and they have an idea of what this team wants to lay out. So in the offseason, what they wanted to do was solidify this team and just get a few more pieces 
to really take what we had last year and make it better. So, of course, when free agency started, we made the Gabe Vincent signing. And I'm not going to lie, part of me thinks that the front office was just kind of high on what Gabe Vincent has just done in the finals. And they're like, hey, I would love to have that on our team. And obviously, we can't expect that from Gabe Vincent. We just can't. He's going to come off the bench. Darvinham said it that the starting lineup is going to be D'Angelo. It's going to be LeBron. It's going to be AD. Um, and I, we'll have to see what else is there. It's Austin Reeves is going to be there, obviously, too. So we'll have to see if it's Rui, if it's Jared Vanderbilt. But Gabe Vincent is going to be coming off that bench. And I don't think we can go into this season expecting him to be what he was with the Heat last year. Because I think from Gabe Vincent's point of view, that was just... And honestly, he might play that well again. And honestly, does I would love it. I would love to see it every single night. But I think it was just kind of an anomaly, right? Because they were kind of shorthanded. Get, somebody had to step up and gave Vincent said, I'm going to, and he did. Um, so, yeah, I think it really addressed uh, – we lost in a shooter, of course. So it really addressed that missing piece that we're going to have. And I think um, it was a little bit tough last season to see uh, D'Angelo Russell and Dennis Schroeder on the court together. Of course, they had a lot of minutes together, surprisingly. I think – I personally thought that it really wasn't a good fit for those two on the court together. They kind of just had weird play styles. Um, they both wanted the ball. They both produced with the ball offensively. I, it was a weird it was a weird combination of a backcourt. I didn't mind it. Darvin Ham said in many interviews that he actually liked it and he thinks that they complimented each other. I wouldn't go that far. But I think Gabe Vincent does complement D'Angelo Russell's play style a whole lot better than uh, Dennis Schroeder did. Right, so I think when Austin Reeves comes out of these games and Dennis Schroeder, I mean, and D'Angelo Russell is still in that point guard, um, Game Vincent can play the two, right? And he can play off the ball, he can catch and shoot. Um, I, I just think that that's a better fit wise. I, now, who's to who's no who's to say if uh, Dennis Schroeder is better than Gabe Vincent or not? Honestly, it's probably a toss up, um, but I I really like the fit behind it. Um, then the Torian, the Torian Prince <laughs> signing came up. Uh, and really, I was kind of iffy about this one. Um, he's just he's a glue guy, to say nonetheless. He's a guy that does the dirty work. And the Lakers have been missing that guy for how many years? I don't know. It's been so many seasons where we have all these old players. We had Melo. We had Dwight. We had all these dudes who had prestigious careers, but they were just run at the end of their prime, and they were ready to retire. And nobody was really there to do the dirty work and get down and be the guy who was just the glue guy. Everybody wanted to play how they always have. Nobody was there to bring it all together. And that's what Torian Prince does. My only issue with it is that Torian Prince is past his prime now, right? He's old. Is is Torian Prince still going to be the same glue guy? I don't know how many minutes he's even going to see on the court, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, we have... We have Cam Reddish now, who we're going to talk about next. We have LeBron. We have Rui. We have Vando. We got Jackson Hayes, who we're also going to talk about. We got Christian Wood, who we're also going to talk about. We got Anthony Davis, all in that front court position that Torian Prince can play all three. He can – I don't even know. He probably won't play – I don't think uh, Torian Prince has ever seen any center minutes in his life. But who knows? Modern basketball, anybody can play the five. But the three and the four is really gummed up here, and I don't really – know how much floor time Torian Prince is going to see. Um, I, we'll have to see. He's kind of an up-in-the-air uh, signing for me. But I see the vision. 
I just don't really see the execution happening. But I will again. I will be excited if it does happen because I know what Torian Prince can be, can do on the court. I've seen what he can do on the court before with other teams, and I hope he can continue that play with us. The next signing is Cameron Reddish. Uh, this guy, I. What more can you say about him, really, than the fact that he's had so many opportunities, and everybody, and I mean everybody, is gets so excited when this guy gets put in new scenery, right? When he was at Atlanta, everybody, I, I, there were so many people that I saw was everybody saw Cam Reddish's talent. Everybody sees what he can do. Everybody sees what he can be, and everyone just said when he was in Atlanta, if he gets a change of scenery, and he gets. Out of being stuck behind uh, who all they had, Jalen Johnson, Sadiq Bey, they had A.J. Griffin, all these forwards and two guards that they had stuffed up. And Cam Rush was just getting sat on the bench every night. Everyone said if he gets a change of scenery, that he can be something special, right? And then he got that change of scenery. And what did he do in New York? The same thing he did in Atlanta. Now, again, it might be another situation thing. And people said it was another situation thing because who knows what actually goes on with the Knicks. Tom Thibodeau is kind of a weird coach, right? If you don't play like he thinks you should play, he's going to sit you on the bench, right? He coaches kind of like a high school, college coach. So then he went to Portland, right? And everybody was hyped for him at Portland. He's going to see. He's going to actually see some real minutes in Portland. He's going to get some real play in Portland. And I'm not going to lie to you. He looked a little bit better. But he was still doing the same thing he did in New York and Atlanta, right? Portland really wasn't any better. Now, if if you go to the stats-wise, which I like to look at numbers a lot. In his final season in Atlanta, he averaged 12 points per game. In his first season with the Knicks, he averaged 6. Second season with the Knicks, he averaged 8. So a little bit of a downgrade because, well, he was playing less minutes. He was getting 26, 28, 20 in Atlanta. And then he goes to the Knicks and he's getting 14, 21. So it it might be minutes-wise there, right? Goes to Portland, back up to 27 minutes a game. Also back up to 11 points per game. Now, obviously Cam Reddish's uh, basketball skills versus efficiency, right? He's one of the most efficient guys for his position. 58, 57% from the field. And uh, 44% from three. For a guy at the guard slash forward spot, that's really good efficiency, right? So we all know what Cam Reddish can do. Now, there's just something about the Lakers, right, where people come to it and they suddenly see like a breakout year. We saw it with uh, Lonnie Walker, right? We saw it with uh, Alex Caruso. We're seeing it with Austin Reeves right now. Guys that are just have struggles in their career come to Lakers and somehow find find something that works and I'm really hoping that Cam Rush can have the same success as Lonnie Walker had last year because I was so happy for Lonnie Walker every time he did something amazing I was happy for him because I know that he's been through so much with San Antonio and he was sent to the G League a couple times and to see him especially in that one closeout game against he had against the Warriors that made me so happy to see. And I'm really hoping that Cam Reddish can come in and do the same exact thing and he can find the same exact groove that these other guys have found before. Because um, if we're being honest, out of the three guys I just listed and then Cam Reddish, Cam Reddish has the most talent. Right? Austin Reeves is just a hard worker. Right? This guy goes at it every night. He's going to get buckets on you. But Cam Reddish, 
at coming out of college, I, I think he's had the most talent, or looks wise at least. Um, so I'm really excited to see what he can do. But who knows? He might end up just like he was in Portland, just like he was in New York, just like he was in Atlanta. Our next signing was one that I actually really liked because it's another guy who was just in a weird situation and he didn't really get to show his full potential, and that's Jackson Hayes, right? Jackson Hayes was on New Orleans for since 2020, I believe. Yes, he was drafted in 2019. So he's been in the Pelicans for four years. Um, he's constantly had to back up somebody. I think it was Valanciunas all four years he's had to back up. But, I mean, when he comes on the court, it's really efficient basketball again, right? He plays defense at a very high level. I think he's a very good compliment to Anthony Davis. And I'm – Honestly, I know AD is going to play the five. Let's be honest. The lineup most likely is going to be D'Lo, Austin Reeves, LeBron James, Jared Vanderbilt, and Anthony Davis. But for those situations where we play a big guy like Joel Embiid or Webbanyama or these big dudes that Anthony Davis doesn't want to guard because we know that Anthony Davis doesn't like garden centers. He just doesn't. I like the look of Jackson Hayes sliding at that five and Anthony Davis going down to the four. I just like the look of that. I feel like Jackson Hayes is a good compliment to Anthony Davis, if we're being honest. Um, he's a lob threat. He plays good defense. He gets boards. He gets blocks. I, I think he's a very good fit. And he's just another guy that I hope can come in and have the same Lonnie Walker, Alex Caruso effect and just find a way to make his game go to the next level. Um... Of course, we had the re-signing of Austin Reeves, and if I'm being honest, I don't know how we kept him. I I really don't. We kept him for so cheap. We got him for the minimum that we could offer him. I don't know how San Antonio or Houston or any of these other teams with money didn't just throw a bag at him. He's a young guy with a lot of talent. I honestly, this was the most surprising thing of the offseason for me, and it made me very happy to see because... This guy averaged 13 points per game for us last year in the regular season. And when it came to the playoffs, he was he was there, right? He was just there for us. It, it was incredible. It was amazing watching him play. It was like, who is this guy? Where did he come from? It was I, – I love seeing it, and I honestly don't know how we kept him. He's, he's going into his third year in the NBA. Hillbilly Kobe. I'm ready to watch him again, and I'm very happy that we kept him. Another signing was for Rui Hachimura. We re-signed him. And I think this is where um, I think this is where we kind of went a little bit wrong, right? Um, I like Rui Hachimura. Don't get me wrong. I think we traded him for a second-round pick for him last season. I think that was a fantastic deal. Getting this guy who had this much impact for us for just a second-round pick, incredible. Um, but he got a little bit of a big contract. And I'm, I'm not going to say that it was undeserved because – and we'll talk I, – I, I'll probably mention it tomorrow or not tomorrow but in uh, Friday's episode that uh, Devin Vassell just got a gigantic contract, a $30 million per year contract, right? So obviously guys get overpaid. It's it's normal in the NBA, right? Guys just randomly get overpaid. Um, But the fact of the matter is – Rui Hachimura played 33 games for us last season. He averaged nine points during the regular season for those games. Um, now, 
obviously he had some moments in the playoffs. He had that one. He had the series against the uh, Grizzlies that was incredible, right? I remember watching that game on TV, and he was just – I don't know how he did it. He just came down, hit three, went back down, hit another three, hit another three. He couldn't miss that night. But I think $17 million a year for a guy that's averaging nine points per game is – is it's a bit iffy, right? And obviously in the playoffs he averaged 20, he averaged 12, but it's still not that much higher of a jump. So, although I like how he plays, I love his game. I think it fits nicely in our team. I just don't know if the 17 million was worth it. Obviously, if they see something in the front office that hey, we need to keep Hachimura, we need like he, there's no other option. Hachimura fits his team perfectly and that's who the guy we want. Obviously go out and get him, right? And if teams were willing to outbid 17 million for Rui Hachimura then fair game but I don't know that's just my my thought on it that's my little that's my one thing of the offseason that I don't think I did like I feel like we overpaid a little bit for Rui Hachimura but at the end of the day you get a guy that fits a team and that for you last season proved himself so how much really can you say negative about it and then of course we re-signed the man D'Angelo Russell now if I could sit here and talk about D'Angelo Russell all day, I could just honestly, I, I and really I I love his game. I love everything about his game. I can't I I, I will never not like watching D'Angelo Russell play basketball. And he took a pay cut. Let's be honest, eighteen million a year for D'Angelo Russell for him was a pay cut compared to last season. Now it's about what he deserved. I think a starting point guard is hard to find in this league. Like. A good starting point guard is hard to find in this league. And honestly, if you look at his numbers, I think he's well worth the $18 million, right? He played 17 games for the Lakers since the trade. 17 points per game, 6 assists, 3 rebounds. It's Now, the defense where it lacks, of course, but I, I really just think... And I, I said this the whole time when the trade happened. I think D'Angelo Russell is one of the most perfect-fitting point guards next to LeBron James. Of course, besides Kyrie Irving, because you all know how that went. He won a championship with him. But I think when you look at point guards in the league right now, I think D'Angelo Russell's game fits it very nicely. Um, He's a slow-paced point guard. He can control the pace of a game. He's a great catch-and-shoot guy, one of the best catch-and-shoot guys. And at the same time, he can create his own shot, right? His offensive game is so well-rounded, right? He he can pass. He can create his own shot. He can catch off the shoot. And honestly, when you watch him catch, catch and shoot a ball, it's one of the fast releases I've ever seen. He catches it like halfway through his release, and it gets up right away. And I think that he's one of the perfect guys to fit in alongside of LeBron James because he can do whatever LeBron wants him to do at the, any given moment. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a good price to pay for D'Angelo Russell. Um, I think it's well-deserved, and I think he will prove himself again this season, and we will see consistent numbers that he had last year, if not better. Um, and then the draft came, of course. We got Maxwell Lewis and Jalen Huchifino. I don't really know anything about Maxwell Lewis. I've heard the name Jalen Huchifino before. Don't really know much about his game. And honestly, I don't even know if these guys will even get minutes. Probably will get garbage time. Jalen Huchifino, I would like to see on the court a little bit. Um, but again, I just... I don't really know much either about these guys, so I really can't say much. Um, but I am excited to see what they can become. Uh, very more recently, uh, we signed Christian Wood. Now, this was a speculation for a long time. Him and Kelly Oubre really just 
sat out there for uh, for I feel longer than they should have, right? And I know there was a few teams interested in Christian Wood, and obviously the Lakers were I think at the top of his list, if I'm not mistaken. But I honestly I don't mind the pickup, right? Because Christian Wood, he's still. I mean, he, the last few years, he's really been kind of unstable. Not, like, not in a bad way. I'm saying in his game-wise, he's kind of just been, like, some nights you don't know where he is. Sometimes he's very impactful. But it's just, you don't really know what you're getting from Christian Wood. Um, but at his best, it's, it's, it's good numbers, right? It's good play. Um, last year in Dallas, 67 games played. He only started 17 of those. Um, he averaged 16 points, seven boards, but I, it's just something about Christian Wood that I guess didn't grab teams' attention, and I don't really know what it is. I think he's pretty versatile of a player. He can score the basketball. He can shoot the three. Kind, he can shoot three efficiently for a big man. Like I won't 37% for a big man. I would take right. Um, but Christian Wood, it's just it's really what you don't know what you're gonna get out of him. And I like the signing because it gives us more depth at the center position where we really didn't have center and power forward, really. Um, obviously, we weren't going to rely on Jackson Hayes all season to uh, be the backup big because I feel like in the playoffs, everybody knew that um, Jackson Hayes kind of probably would be unplayable once you get to playoff time because it's he just can't compete with in the high-intensity games. But... I feel like Christian Wood can hold it down, right? If you play him at the 4 or the 5, I feel like Christian Wood will do a good job. He's a good player. He's a proven player. What he did in Houston was it was amazing, right? He played out of his mind. Um, went to Dallas, kind of just fell off, was losing the starting spot to Dwight Powell, right? But, again, it's another guy to come to the Lakers and have a chance to bounce back. And I feel like he is the guy to do it. Um, of course, then finally, our last transaction of the offseason was just a uh, veteran extension to Jared Vanderbilt. And that one is well-deserved. Um, any single time that we had any guy on the other team that I thought could single-handedly beat us before the game, I'm like, throw Vanderbilt on him and we're fine. Uh, when we played the Warriors, Vanderbilt guarded Curry. He chased Curry around all game. Uh, of course, against the Nuggets, he played. He, he guarded Jokic, and uh, Anthony Davis was playing off ball, and he was kind of playing that free safety type thing on Aaron Gordon. But Vanderbilt's there, right? He's our he's our defensive stopper, and I really think that that was a good decision, just extending him, getting it out of the way, get him the money, get him his well earned money. Anyways, going to. Uh, media day. Uh, there's a course. There, there's one thing in particular, really, that I want to say that I want to touch on. Um, a lot of things were said, such as Anthony Davis saying, "Oh, I want to be there for all 82." LeBron saying, "Pretty much all summer, all he did was repair his foot." Um, and then the one thing that caught my eye is something that LeBron says has said for the last like two years, and that's LeBron saying, "This is Anthony Davis's team." Anthony Davis is the face of the organization, right? Now, it gets talked about the same amount every single year. And I don't understand because LeBron has said this for the last, like, two years. And the real question mark, I think, is, and I love Anthony Davis. He's, 
if it was, he's probably my second favorite player on the Lakers, right? It's Daniel Russell and then Anthony Davis. I love Anthony Davis' game. But I think it comes a point where I'm done listening to you say that, Le- LeBron. I need to see it. I need to see it. And I'm super excited. I think if Anthony Davis can stay healthy, if he can, this is his MVP chance right here. He just needs to stay healthy. Right. It's That's the huge, that's the biggest challenge for him. Whether he can, I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I think for next season, I'm very hopeful. I think at most I can see us I, – I, I can see us as a championship contender, right? The latest moves made um, kind of makes me iffy about it a little bit. Of course, since the last podcast, Drew Holiday trade has been made. He went to Boston now, which – strengthens them even more right out east it's going to be a boston it's going to be a milwaukee uh face off right we know that it's almost inevitable at this point out of the west there's so many questions that are up in the air um but i think that the lakers do have a chance to come out on top but whether they have the firepower to compete with a milwaukee or with a boston i guess we'll see right um I hope that this team the, – the one thing that I'm hoping for for this next season is that we just have some stability. I hope that this team can stay together and figure something out and just cause, – because that was our problem, right? We stuck this team together halfway through the season, and we had to pick up lost pieces. And we did piece something together. Now we have the whole season to figure out a way to win, and we're going to do it. But, yeah, that's all I really want to talk about for today, and that's – the first uh, episode of the new M- – sorry, I almost said MPLS because that's where I got the inspiration from. But that is the first episode done of WCLS, Wildcast Lakers. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I don't know how often I'm going to even post this part of the series. Um, the Lakers do something in the next couple of days that's big. I'm going to be back here to talk about it. Otherwise, we'll see you next time the Lakers do something. Peace.